Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Royals Review Radio. I am your host, Jacob Milham. And joining me, it is Sunday night, so you know who's on the pod with me. It is the Royals Review Editor, Max Reaper. Max, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, Jacob. How are you doing? I am doing all right. It is uh, It's starting to warm up a little bit. It's starting to feel a little bit more like spring's around the corner. Have to have to open up the windows in the morning, but then close them before I go to bed. You know, it's, uh, but it's good. How's it feel there where you're at? It's good. Yeah. We, it was actually in the sixties today. So I got to throw around the baseball with, with a couple of my sons, try to get them ready for the, the upcoming youth baseball season. Heck yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's nice that, that it feels a little like spring. I know it's supposed to get cold again this week. So, yeah. um, you know, but we'll enjoy the nice weather while we have it exactly that's that's all you can do well i i hope you got enough done on the on the honeydew list uh this weekend because it is we're gonna have another full week of royals baseball ahead of us but speaking of these royals man they're nine and two it's uh it's hard to complain about a about a team that's on top of the cactus league right max yeah i mean like you know what i mentioned before uh you know spring training training, results don't matter that much but (laughs) rather play well than play badly Yes. Uh, and you know, for especially for a young team too, that you've got guys who haven't really been in a big league camp before, and there's probably some doubt of like, hey, do I belong? Even guys that maybe had some big league success last year, you know, you still want to build upon that success with some confidence builders. And I think um, having having some of these guys play well early on, and I guess it's against you know varied levels of competition but you you know it's, i think it's oh any any confidence builders you can get for these young players you'll you'll take at this point and also you know it was kind of cool seeing some of the uh, really young guys yeah the minor leaguers come up uh on well it was a friday saturday night's game mm-hmm. uh gavin cross legging out a triple you got to see uh patrick bates was is that, or is that yes. who it, uh, hit, hit a home bates. run I'm sorry, parker uh, bates excuse parker me. bates i'm sorry yeah all apologies to mr bates uh parker bates with a home run, uh, Caden Wall's got to play. So, you know, it's kind of cool to see those guys get up and have a little success. And maybe that's something they can carry with them as they start their minor league seasons. Yeah. And it is, it's really cool to, uh, to kind of see some of these guys react to having their arguably the biggest moment of their careers so far um, on under the bright lights, you know, against, against the Dodgers, yada, yada, yada. You you could say all you it's spring training all you want, but at the end of the day, for these guys, they're stepping in the box against the Dodgers on a Saturday night in prime time. I think that is a pretty cool accomplishment in their own right. And Carter Jensen, 
I am. I'm going to shout him out because I've interviewed him previously on another podcast. He is absolutely great guy to talk to. Um, he he did not look like a stranger to uh, to the situation. I I understand that you know he didn't he didn't get a hit enough like that, but he had the he had the chains out, and then the next day on on social media he's he's owning it. He's talking to the fans and it's uh i don't know it's it's a feel-good moment it's not a it's not anything that we're gonna really think too much of come september but it, it's a cool part of spring training max well and what 20 months ago he was facing you know liberty high school in kansas city yeah. you know, he was in high school in kansas That's city and now he's in a you know it's a spring training game it's a big league you know in a big league uniform against big league players that's pretty awesome so yeah very cool for him and he's he's a guy i'm pretty high on actually i i really like what he's been able to do in his first uh full season last year in the minors uh, uh terrific uh eye at the play can draw walks and i think he's got some some serious power potential he'll be able to unlock this year so very excited to see what he can do and he certainly seems to have a swagger to to kind of uh, <laughs> carry that carry this, that talent Yes, exactly. And I I do recall Carter, he plays pretty high on MLB Pipeline's top 30 Royals prospect list, which just dropped this past week. Uh, we will we will talk about that eventually. I kind of I don't want to rush right into it. I want to take my time and I want to evaluate these prospects for myself and see, you know, who's who's overvalued, who's undervalued. Um, but Max, just like uh, you, you talked about Gavin Cross already. And he is kind of the unanimous top prospect for the Kansas City Royals, and he really showed it on a on Saturday. Did you hear the soundbite about what was going through his head when he was rounding uh, first base? Like, like he was? didn't want to trip or something like that. Didn't want to like. He he said he couldn't feel his legs, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just imagining like that's got to be so much adrenaline because that yeah. was one of those ball went right into the corner. It was he was going to get as far as he wanted to go, and uh, Gavin Cross he's he's no small guy, you know he's not he's not really he's fast, but he's not flying around the bases like some of these other guys. So you know he was legging, he was going. But we will uh, we'll talk more about Gavin Cross and the prospects at a later date. Let's talk about some of these folks who are supposed to be making an impact on opening day or at least making the opening day roster. We've gotten to uh, to see some of these fringe guys in pretty in pretty big sample sizes. So I feel like it's good to talk about them. We'll talk about the likes of Johan Carmago. Uh, Matt Duffy, Matt Beatty, but I want to start off with a guy who no one really wants to see in Kansas City anymore, Hunter Dozier. Um, now, we all know the woes of having Hunter Dozier in a Kansas City Royals uniform since uh, 2019. Um, the defense has never been there, and once the bat went away after that, what, one or two seasons, it uh, it just never really came back, unfortunately. Oh, so Max, let, we'll talk about the numbers a little bit more later on, but I want to hear your opinions. Like, are you liking what you're seeing out of Hunter Dozier so far? Are you a little bit more confident in him or are you just calling it a wash saying it's spring training? Yeah, well, I'll be honest. I've seen him, I think, bat one so far in the spring. Okay. So I can't say for sure that, oh yeah, he looks like a totally different guy. And I know there was an article at, I think, CaseyRoyals.com about how he's revamped his swing again. And I feel like uh, you kind of always hear, uh, you know, there's always articles about guys that have been struggling that, you know, really it's kind of 
at a crossroads of the career and they've revamped their swing. And that's kind of like the, the new best shape of his life. I think sports yeah. writers, baseball writers are too um, self-aware now of the best shape of his life trope. And now it's uh, he's revamped his swing. Uh, not that, it, you know, it's a good, it's a nice story from Annie uh, Rogers. And I do, to, you know, I urge people to check it out and, and who knows, maybe he has figured something out. I mean, certainly guys have re- retooled their swings before and gotten better results. Jorge Soler comes to mind. Um, mm-hmm. But at this point, I, you know, I'm pretty dubious. I mean, he's 30, going to be 31 years old, or is he 31 already? Um, you know, the 30s is not when guys tend to, you know, snap, snap back in performance. Uh, you know, the bat gets slower as he ages. Uh, so I do, I still expect him to be the starting third baseman. Uh, to start the year, but I feel like the leash is getting shorter and shorter now with the emergence of uh, Michael Garcia, who uh, was really impressed, I think, a lot with his play in spring training. Again, it's spring training, but, um, you know, he's a young guy that's coming off a pretty good minor league season, holding his own against big leaguers. Uh, We know he's got the defense, and, you know, he's going to get some time at third base because Bobby Wood Jr. is entrenched at shortstop. And if he's a guy that can at least help you with the glove, uh, which we know, as you said, Hunter Dozier really can't do, then, you know, pretty much anything he can provide on offense is is icing on the cake, right? So, uh, you know, he could be a guy to really quickly supplant Dozier. Now, I don't think the Royals are going to rush Garcia before they think he's ready. So he may not be up soon, you know, quickly for that reason, if they think, well, we don't want him to come up and just get overwhelmed by big league pitching and then want to start the year. Uh, even though if he is providing de- better defense than Dozier, um, so th- I think uh, I think they'll, they'll they'll try to be patient. But you know, like I said, he's holding his own right now. Uh, he, he does provide that defense, and I, I do think he's got some some more power potential than some some evaluators have given him credit for. Uh, he did hit for a little more power once he got promoted to Northwest Arkansas last year. So he's he's a pretty intriguing player, and they've talked about moving him to the outfield as well. You give him some at bats since they're you know so thin in the outfield with all the injuries to Drew Drew Waters uh, and Brewer Hicklin. So um, you know Dozier is probably there, but to start the year. But um, I don't feel like he can just sit back and say, "Well, I'm the veteran. I'm here for the whole year." Um, he's going to really have to figure something out with his swing, and hopefully he does. I mean, I'm rooting for him. He's a super nice guy. You know, he's on that contract. He's he has it before. But um, the, the the clock is really ticking, and I don't feel like J.J. Piccolo is necessarily going to give him as long of a leash as maybe Dick Moore would have. Yeah, and that's, you know, new new faces, new coaches, and new expectations. Um, so we better see a new Hunter Dozier, for a lack of better terms. And you, and you talk about, you know, how Michael Garcia is placing a little bit of pressure on him. I, I believe that is um, that is absolutely the case because Q has been transparent about the fact, hey, we're going to give Garcia every chance to make the opening day roster because I, I put it in a tweet earlier this week that Garcia was going to make himself undeniable. Like there are just some guys that are performing so well, you're just going to find a spot for him. And there's so many holes that Garcia could competently fill and that his skill set transitions to, you know, if I don't think Michael Massey has been lights out, kind of like at least what I expected him to be in spring training. Maybe he's working through some stuff, but at the plate, he hasn't been as good as Garcia. Um, Both of them have been pretty similar defensively so far, but maybe Garcia goes at second and 
you know, later he supplants Dozier at third. But all in all, let, let's get back to Hunter Dozier. I'm going down my own rabbit hole a little bit. So the reason, only reason why folks are talking about Hunter Dozier is the fact that he has done very well at the plate this year. Um, a 1.16 OPS, 0.417 average, um, pretty solid stuff. A home run, a few RBIs, not bad out of 12 at-bats. And you, everyone... Everyone is very critical of Hunter Dozier, but I think most folks deep, deep down still do want to see these players succeed. And we know Hunter Dozier is going to succeed at the plate. He's not going to be the guy who goes out and wins a gold glove this season at third base. But can he kind of have a a triumphant return to Royals glory with, with his bat that I mean, that'd be the only way to, to let it happen. But I think he's looked pretty solid out, out in the field. Of course, we talked about it earlier, Max. We haven't been able to watch a whole lot of games just because that's how spring training is. But he doesn't sound like he's porous out there in third base. I do. Max, let me let me ask you this. See if I'm off base on thinking this. Do you think that with the new shift rules, it's going to put more of a more of a defensive burden on third base or less. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's going to be a little bit more of a. I think guys are going to be asked to cover more range, mm-hmm. which is is a good if you have a talented athletic team. And I think Matt Cortaro said like, you know, that favors athleticism, and we think we're athletic. Yeah. Of course, third base would be kind of the area where you know with those you're not so athletic. So yeah, I think he's a little bit of a liability there. I know, yeah, and and I think that the the metrics bear that out. But you do kind of bring bring up an interesting point. Like, what happens if he is not great, but comp- like bounce his numbers bounce back and he's competent offensively? Mm-hmm. Then what do you do? Because he's not very good defensively, right? Um, and I don't, I still don't feel like he's the long term answer at third or even the no. for the next year. And what if Garcia starts hitting well in the minors and 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 you know does Dozier become a bench bat at that point, even if he's hitting okay? Um, I don't. I, you know, if, if Nick Prado is ready to play first base Oof. and Vinny's DHing a lot, you know, that, that means Dozier can't really slide over to DH. So um, that might be an interesting, I you know, maybe trade him. I don't know much interest there's going to be, even if his bat gets better, a little bit better, but just because he is defensively limited. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you'd like to see him improve. Certainly. Um, I think even his improvement brings up some, some some quandaries. I mean, better better problems than if he is is, is bad. I guess. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's. And I've I've talked about this with Lusky a few times. It's it's this roster still doesn't quite fit. Like the pieces don't fit that well right now. Mm-hmm. And I know that's you know JJ has got you know more work to do, and I think he understands that as well. Um, but uh, that, that it seems like there's some trades here to be made over the next year to kind of make these pieces fit a little bit better because you've got a lot of guys. I mean, versatile positional versatility is great. But you got a couple of guys that are really out of position. MJ Melendez, well, you know, maybe maybe he becomes a good left fielder like Alex Gordon, but you know, that's not his natural position. Uh, Hunter Dozier uh doesn't seem like a third baseman at this point. Uh, so you know, we'll we'll see. And and, and maybe by the end of the year we'll have a better sense of, of what the future Royals lineup looks like. Because right now I think that that future's still a little hazy. Yes, it it is very hazy. And I, I agree with what you said about JJ understanding that there is still work to be done. You know, that's that's why he gets paid the big bucks. He always wants to be improving this Royals team. And I we I haven't talked to anybody about it yet. So Max, let's go ahead and dish on this. I was a little 
perplexed at the Jackie Bradley Jr. signing. I know it is just a, a minor league deal, but man, it is you you can put you can put in all the articles, former all-star, former gold glove winner, yada yada yada. Reese recent memory does not serve Jackie Bradley Jr. well at all. You know, Red Sox uniform Jackie Bradley Jr pretty pretty good memories in my head everything else i've kind of like repressed like a like a bad day at the pool memory or something like that like i i just don't even want to think about it 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 never existed so max my question to you is this do you do you think we will see any impact on jackie bradley jr or is this just a uh an insurance policy by jj piccolo uh, probably an insurance policy like like you said he's been is that his prime? I love Jackie Bradley Jr. He's a treat yeah. to watch. Terrific defender. I think a pretty solid hitter in some years. Um, but the last two years, yeah, Father Time just catches up to you so quickly, and and has not been kind to him the last two years. No. Still a good defender though. I I mean, his defense is still it's lost a step, but it's he's still a plus outfielder out there. Okay. And I think that's what they're probably looking at. Like, hey, if we got to bring a guy in that's on the wrong side of thirty, let's bring a guy that can cover some ground help out our young pitching staff, maybe get some balls out there. And if he has anything left with the, with the bat, great. But uh, at least he's not a liability to our pitching staff. Yeah. So there's a possibility he makes a team just for that purposes. But, uh, you know, I'll be honest, you know, they brought him in because there weren't a lot of great options out there as yeah. far as free agents at this point. But I'm a little surprised they didn't bring in more free agent outfielders, like minor league free agent outfielders over the offseason. It seems yes. like this would be a good landing spot for – a veteran outfielder who can't get a major league deal anymore, but has had, you know, he's had some success and he still thinks he can make a team and, you know, maybe use it as an insurance policy in case Drew Waters is hurt or doesn't, isn't ready for the big leagues or a, a Kyle Isbell isn't, you know, a good hitter in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I, you know, they talked to uh, Fran Mill Reyes. Apparently he got, he had some better offers elsewhere. Yeah. His agent said, you know what? Kansas city is a place you're going to turn your career around and there's more opportunity here. Right. I mean, we don't have a set starting line necessarily. There's a chance to make a team here, chance to make a starting lineup here that other teams like the Houston Astros can't provide. So uh, I thought this would be a more attractive spot for, uh, and not even a veteran outfielder. It could be like a young guy off off waivers or, you know, um, some young outfielder that was looking for an opportunity that's been blocked with the Dodgers or with the Red Sox or some other team. And mm-hmm. this is an opportunity. Um, so I am... I guess I'm a little disappointed. Maybe they didn't foresee the need for more depth in the outfield. You know, on the other hand, I kind of get they they have young young players, and uh, you bring in a guy like Bradley, almost you know, like well, what about just seeing what Dyron Di- Blanco can do? You know, who I know isn't terribly young, but isn't you know yeah. he's been experienced in the big leagues, or uh, you know some of these other you know, I'm not particularly high on John Ray, but you know. Maybe he and then he's probably too maybe too far away from the big leagues, but you know someone like that. You know, see what you guys see what you have in house. Um, you know, look at the options of the guys that can move to the outfield. Nick Lofton, Michael Garcia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I'd rather see that than than Bradley as much as I like Bradley. But like I said, if he can cover some ground, help out that pitching staff, um, then then I kind of get it. And he's not going to play that much. He's probably going to get in once or twice a week if he makes the team. So yeah, uh, we'll see. And he's I can. I mean, shoot, he might just be happy being on a on a AAA roster. You know, some some of these guys they just gotta um, they just gotta swallow that pill eventually if they want to stick in baseball. I remember, so my local minor league team here is the is Norfolk Tides, the AAA team for the Baltimore Orioles, and 
I forget who it was, but when the Pittsburgh Pirates were actually good, believe it or not, that was that was at one time they had a slugger last name Alvarez, and I'm blanking on his. Uh, I'm blanking on Pedro, Pedro Alvarez. Yeah, Pedro Alvarez, and he was playing right field for the Norfolk Tides, and god awful in in the outfield. Like it was bad. He was bad at third base. I can only imagine him in the outfield. Yeah, he it, it was bad, but. He was he was playing the opportunity that a team was giving him, and that's what a team was willing to pay him to do. So maybe that's at the point Jackie Bradley Jr. is at. Um, I know there is there's one big name guy who I wouldn't complain seeing as a bench bat, Jason Hayward. Um, he's I believe right now he's on a minor league deal with the Dodgers. Yeah. Um. Well, well the, the I, one, the one, yeah, the one big name that was out there is still big relative terms is Jerks and Profar. Oh, yeah, he's probably the best uh, free agent that's still available, and he can play outfield uh, and infield a little bit. Uh, I, I, but it's, I think he's still waiting for a you know eight million dollar deal, probably something the Royals aren't willing to give. Yeah, and because also what happens when Drew Waters comes back? You're paying a guy like Profar starting money, and that's true. Uh, you want to get to see what Waters, you want to see what Waters can do when he gets healthy. So. I get not bringing a guy in a guy like that. Uh, so you know, Brad. Yeah, I think you might be right. You know, Bradley may have to. You know, he probably have to earn his way on this team. But uh, mm-hmm. maybe that's that. Maybe that's what he needs to kind of get his career back on track. Is that a little motivation? That is true. That is true. I I do want to talk about one other fringe guy before we move on from this. Uh, Matt Duffy. I so entering this spring training time i did like him as kind of the depth option at most of the infield spots if i recall correctly he has time at at third base he has time at second base i can't recall if he has time at first i want to say he does um but i i like i like him as the bench veteran bat you know contact guy not a liability on defense and he's done pretty well for himself in spring training 600 batting average Four, uh, 1.4 even OPS, nine hits. I believe that leads the spring training team stats in only 15 at-bats, so I'll certainly take that. Uh, but then they also brought in another Matt, uh, Matt Beatty, who the Royals previously drafted way back when, more than a decade ago. And he he looks good on defense, looks solid, dependable, but just has not been very good at the plate in his own right. Um, and then the even worse guy is kind of Johan Carmago right now. Um, I know a lot of people had him penciled in on the 26 man roster for opening day, just as a depth guy. Uh, but he isn't getting it done at the plate. And frankly, I haven't seen any of his televised starts in the field. So I can't speak to that at all. Um, Max, just from from our small sample size right now, if you had to keep one of BD, Duffy, and Carmago right now, which one would it be for you? I think, and I said this before camp, I think uh, Camar- Camargo has the best shot at the roster simply because of his positional versatility. He can play okay. pretty much every position on the field competently. Uh, and he's not a terrible hitter. He's had okay seasons with the Braves before. Uh, I don't think he's terribly old either. Um, I think he's under 30 still. So I think he gives you the best, uh, what you're looking for out of a bench guy, a guy who can go out there, play any position, fill in, not look terrible out there, give you some quality at bats now and again, but he's 
you know, you also don't feel bad sitting him most of the time because he's a veteran. That's what he's been asked to do most of his career. Uh, so I think he's he's probably the most likely. I think Duffy could be in the mix. I mean, I think he is in the mix. I think he's had uh, having a strong spring helps. I think he's the better defender. Um, as it doesn't have much outfield experience. I don't think he has any outfield experience. No, I don't believe so. So like, with the outfield rash of outfield injuries, that may give the leg up to Camargo a little bit. Uh, but I, I, you know, Duffy certainly, and I think I've heard good things about Duffy's like, as far as a veteran presence kind of stuff, like he's a good teammate and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then BD, BD's more of kind of your Ryan or her and like professional, you know, well, right. <laughs> Ryan or her, if he could hit a little bit better, maybe, uh, but you know, he yeah. put up some good numbers off the bench for the Dodgers, but he's more kind of a, more of a first baseman corner outfield guy. Um, so I, I, I would give a leg up to Camargo, but I wouldn't be surprised if Duffy makes it. And then BD's probably a guy that starts in triple a and then you call them up if you need a, an extra bat okay fair enough um i will yes uh, matt duffy has a whopping three games in outfield in his uh in his career so not exactly a a sparkling review but he does have one one appearance as a pitcher so you know we're talking about positional <laughs> there you versatility. Go. You bring him in as a yeah the emergency pitcher and yeah, one of the exactly. guys probably talk about is uh samad taylor who has smacked a home yeah. run today um He's and I don't think he's going to make the team, but he's kind of an interesting guy uh, who missed all the last year, the second half of last year with an injury after the Royals got him from the Blue Jays. But I think he could be in the mix for a bench guy at some point this year, and uh, he gives some of these same qualities, can play some some different positions, and also bring speed. Um, yeah, it is. I I've loved listening to Samad Taylor uh, do, do good things, and. I kind of I moved on from Tolbert pretty fast. Um, unfortunately, I, I hate to admit it. He had that great Saturday game, um, and then I, I don't think he's even had a hit since then in his limited opportunities. But Samad Taylor is th- certainly throwing his um, his hat into the ring. So I'm I'm interested to see what what decisions are are made, but then also what other supplemental moves come in from the front office. Like what, you know, who's traded for, who is signed, but then who is traded away if if anyone is. Um, I certainly I know I know we're a little short on time, but I, I do want to get your thoughts off the cuff on this. I am hearing a lot of people talking about like, oh hey, the Royals should look at trading Nikki Lopez to the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, Gav, Gavin Lux went out went down. Um, and I do believe that they have a, a solid guy in, in Reyes. We saw a little bit of him on Saturday and he looks good, looks good defensively and at the plate, but they are very, very shallow at shortstop right now. Um, Nick, Nicky Lopez, not getting a whole lot of opportunities in spring for, for some reason. I don't know if there's maybe a nagging injury. I don't know if maybe Q is reserving him. Well, for, he, he left. He left early for. Uh, oh, you know what? For the little baseball yeah. class again. He has because he's playing playing for Team Italy. They have to play in Tokyo, I think. So him and Vinny uh, had to leave after like the second game. You're you're right. You're right. I am. I'm so sorry. I I completely spaced on that. Um, spring training performance aside, would you would you entertain a low ball offer from the Dodgers for Nicky Lopez? Well, I think you listen to any trade offer. I don't know if I accept a low ball offer, and I don't think they will. I don't think they'll they'll move them just to move them. I think if the right deal comes around where someone says, Hey, we got an interesting young pitcher. You interested in a swap for Nicky Lopez? I think they'll, they'll jump on that. I, also, I think it matters if Michael Massey plays well this spring yeah. and maybe Michael Garcia, because 
I don't think they want to expose Massey. I think if they feel like if we needed to, if, do, if we need to, to demote this guy, we need an option. And that's why they're kind of keeping Nicky Lopez around. You know, we need someone else to turn to. And maybe that's Michael Garcia or maybe that's Matt Duffy, you know, eventually. But I don't think they want to be exposed without a second baseman and, and or be in a position where they don't feel like they can move or move uh, Massey down to the minors if he's struggling. So okay. um, that's what's probably keeping them from doing that right now. So I don't I don't necessarily expect a trade, but yeah, the Dodgers could be calling. You know, I know the White Sox were calling earlier. Um, there's going to be interest in him. Yeah, there, yeah. There's going to be some more injuries too around the baseball. So other teams could come calling. So I I do think they should be listening. And But uh, I don't think they're motivated sellers by any means. Okay. All right. Well, Nicky Lopez, we'll get to see him in action alongside Vinny Pascantino for Team Italy down there in pool play for, uh, or in Taiwan, excuse me. And oh, that's right, Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Team Italy has to go all the way to Asia to play their game. Yeah, which is which is crazy. But you, you have to think about it. There's a lot of teams from around the world coming to America mm-hmm. to uh, to play their games. And one such team is Great Britain. Um, they are playing against the Royals on Thursday, March the 9th at 2.05 Central Standard Time. So that is Kaufman Standard Time for all you listeners out there. Um, what do you think, Max? You think Kansas City is going to defend America's honor against the Brits, or uh, <laughs> what do you think? You think this is going to be a fun game, or do you think it might get a little chippy? I don't know. The Royals versus the Royals. I have to look at the Great Britain roster. I know there's a there's a story that I guess Araldus Chapman was on the roster at one point. Yeah, like, that... oh, he's not going to play though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't imagine the roster is full of like people that grew up in London or anything like that. I think they have some pretty good guys on there, though. Yeah, there's some names I recognize. Vance Worley, former, oh, Lucius Fox, who used to play for the Royals. Yeah. Who grew up, I think he grew up in the Bahamas, which is why he's playing for the Great Britain. Uh, Tracy Thompson of the Dodgers. Harry Ford, the prospect for the Mariners. So, I mean, there's some some names there. Uh, Yeah, the Royals should, should, I think, I don't know, the Royals probably are going to play their starters or anything. So, you know, we'll see how they take it. it. It is not a split squad game so i will or split squad day excuse me so i will be looking forward to that and for all the listeners out there there is there are quite a few games this week you will have a royals game on every day this week except for tuesday on monday when this podcast is coming out they will be playing against the arizona diamondbacks at 205 kaufman standard time now I do think I do think we need a friendly wager between John Sherman and the Queen of or I guess the the was it the King of England now but yes. uh some fish and chips and barbecue on the line or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think uh I think I would prefer our beer over theirs. <laughs> I I gonna lie. Um I am more of an American or Irish drink guy for uh, for lack of better terms, but I think uh, I think there's going to be a little bit more than just Royals fans tuning in for that game on Thursday. Now, Max, let's talk about some website stuff before we get on out of here. The 2023 Royals Review Fan Survey is live. Uh, you can go over to RoyalsReview.com and get in your entries before it closes. When does when does it close? Uh, yeah, so it's, it's it's just a survey we're doing. We last year we did it kind of to fill time during the work stoppage, and oh, yeah. we got some great 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 feedback, and it actually ended up being really interesting. So, kind of asking the same questions about how you feel about the Royals. How do you feel about downtown baseball and how you feel about the state of the game? And we'll run that through Friday or through Thursday uh, evening with results to be posted on Friday. Okay. Sounds like a plan. So uh, next podcast, next time we hear from you, Max, we will be talking about those results. And I am very, very much looking forward to that. And Max, if folks just want to want to talk to you, want to 
air their gripes about Royals Review, uh, where can they find you on social media to do so? Uh, usually I send the gripes to Matthew Lamar, but uh, oh, okay. that, you, if, you wanna, if you want to contact me on Twitter, I'm, on, um, I'm there at Max Reaper, M-A-X-R-I-E-P-E-R. Uh, you can also follow, you know, I run the Royals Review account, so Royals mm-hmm. Review, at Royals Review. Or you can also go to www.royalsreview.com. I'm usually in the comments section, so hit me up there. Yes, I will. I will always commend Royals Review and most of Vox Media on this. Any of the active sites very much like the comment sections are very, very involved. You have you have people, you know, writing down their thoughts, responding to the good and the bad in an article. And it feels like a discourse. It doesn't feel like people trying to just uh, just yell at the wall just because there's a wall there. So please go check out RoyalsReview.com. And you could also find Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook for all of you uh, you Facebook nerds out there. Gosh, get on get on Twitter already. That's uh, that's where all the fun's at. But I am Jacob Milham. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Milham. That's M-I-L-H-A-M. Casey on Twitter and I'm I'm just on Twitter you can please shoot me a DM you know tweet at me if uh, if you got an issue I know my notifications have been popping off today about commenting on Carter Jensen's chains so I will uh, I'll take all the flack there but Max before we get on out of here you have anything else for our listeners uh no just uh yeah I'm just looking forward to some more baseball this week uh, we, we probably start seeing some guys assigned to minor league camp pretty soon so uh maybe the roster will start coming into view a little bit hopefully so hopefully so well hey everyone out there that is listening thank you so much for your support and until next time go royals